0: You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Bodju Oyemade. Pastor Bodju is the Senior Pastor of the Covenant Nation. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4, it says, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, this Moses, and called it, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And then he told him, he said, Draw out now hither, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the Lord God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his faith, for he was afraid to look upon God. And verse 7: the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction, all right, of the people of Egypt. I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Verse 8: I am come down. Now It was these people that prayed, and God said, I've heard their prayer. Their request is to be delivered from the oppression and the bondage of the Egyptians. So I have come down to do it. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of Egypt and to bring them out of the land into a good land that flows with milk and honey. Verse 9, he said, I heard, all right, the cry of Israel has come unto me. I've also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10, he says, Come now, therefore, and I will send you. So, the minute Moses, that's where Moses was sent, what caused Moses to be sent was the prayers of the people. They were crying, all right, that their bondage. They were in bondage, and they were crying unto God concerning it. God said, I have heard their prayer, I am therefore sending you. So, a person, but they themselves didn't really get the system. That's why they were fighting Moses. Same thing Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you killed the prophets and those that I sent to you. He said, how often will I have gathered everything? He said, now your house is left unto you desolate. He said, you will not see me again until you say in your heart, Blessed is he that comes to me in the name of the Lord. Which means that, Lord, I now understand it. When you answer my prayer, you send people. Blessed is that person that comes to me in the name of the Lord. Now, when you are like that, then God has developed meekness inside you because you understand that, you know, you can't do this thing alone. All right? You can't attribute everything, all right, to yourself. So, you pray... And then you open up yourself and say, God, send. And once he sends all right to you, he raises up a voice to speak to you, what happens is it redirects everything you hear at that particular level. You perceive. That's why Jesus said, hearing they had not and seeing they didn't perceive. You come to the place where you perceive by the Spirit of God. And in your everyday life, it doesn't even have to be a physical person that comes to speak to you. You could get books there. For Paul himself, this is what they said of Paul. They said his letters, that's his books, are weighty and powerful. But his bodily presence is weak. In fact, what they were saying was this man that is coming to preach to us, he doesn't write these letters. Because these letters are weighty and powerful. This man, maybe he's doing plagiarism. Somebody else is writing in his team. And they were trying to undermine his ministry. And Paul said, when I come, you will know that what is written, I will be so unto you physically. In other words, what Paul would say was that I will match my letters by my presence. So you see how much powerful letters are? What books are? Kenneth Hagin never came to Nigeria. Kenneth Hagin never entered Africa. I don't think there's anybody who has influenced Christianity in this continent as much as Hagin. He never stepped into this continent. But what did he do? He sent his books there, all right? And books are very, very powerful. And the reason why they say they're very, very powerful is that books will just give you the information without anything, no biases, no prejudice, okay? Uh, You can look at somebody and say, I don't like this person. And because you don't like the person, the way the person is, you don't listen properly to it. But if you are reading a book, there's no whether the person is sleeveless or whether they short. You just take the information. That's why books sometimes are more effective. All right? That's why any real person will tell you, uh, come and say, uh, can you tell me your secret structure? They'll tell you it's inside my book. If you can't get it from the book, you can't get it from me verbally. So, Acts chapter 7, verse 35, it says this. Acts 7, now you see the change? Uh, This Moses whom they had refused, saying, who made a ruler and a judge, the same God did send. Now, all right, to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel that appeared to him. So when that sending goes forth, angelic beings are operating also there. That is, the people who have up, pulled up their prayer to God and come in consciously, there is angelic activity when it comes to their own operation there in order for them to be able to see and in order for them to be able to hear. Exodus 13 and verse 3. All right, Exodus 13 and verse 3. Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which you came out of the house of bondage, For by the strength of the hand of the Lord, he brought you out of this place. So there is that recognition there that the hand of God now gets involved in it. So pray that way for your own self, present your needs there, and ask God, understanding that, what you are going to do is hear the specific things that you should do as a person, not just the generality of the promises, but the specific things that you should do in that particular situation to bring about the change. The second thing is, all right, I want to talk about inviting people into the meeting, whether it's physical or online. Now, And there's a spiritual way of doing this. And it also affects, all right, or let me say affect, it maximizes, all right, what happens or what will happen in in your own life in the the particular meeting. Now, this is the context in which you are coming to the meeting, so you want to transfer that to others. Now, everything that God, or let me say, let let me rephrase it, God um, loves quietness. God uh, is not, if you are too loud, uh, you, you reduce the effectiveness and the in spiritual impact of things. Uh, because God, the Bible says, He, he loves an ornament and of a meek and quiet spirit in the sight of God is of great price, okay? It's in quietness the most powerful things are done. And, and I was teaching about it, I think, in Abuja. I was talking about quietness. And look, if we want to bring people now into a meeting now, let's just say all of us here decide. Now you can say you want to have a meeting and uh, let's okay, let's go out, let's be shouting. All right, wabek we'll ah, wabek 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 You know, and all of this. But very few things are done without relationships. Listen, to what I'm saying. I want to say what I've never said before. Very few things are done without relationships. And I remember I learned this lesson. Many years ago, I went to invite Andrew Womack for Warbeck. I invited him the first year. He said, I won't be able to make it. I invited him the second year. He said, I won't be able to make it. Listen, I've never said this before publicly. Third year, his associate called me and said, look. He said, he doesn't go anywhere without there being an existing relationship between him and that person which means that he, 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 that's, the, that's how he goes. So they are not drawn against, say, oh, you put our face on poster, we are going, and all of that. They, they just, and it's a correct mindset, all right? You can go and preach somewhere and you finish, but you know, I just wasted my time there. There's no need to have come to this place, huh? okay? So, you, 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 that, so they understand that, that look, there has to be that kind of thing for it to work. Also in dealing. So you can make noise, but if you don't build relationships, things don't really work. So if you want to invite a person into a meeting, let's assume now we want to invite. Now, all of us here can get 10,000 people into this meeting physically. That will be turning people back without a radio promo. We can do it. Without spending one couple on radio promo. Now, what do you do? Or online. We can make it global. You see everybody here. If I say 10 people that you know outside this country, the meeting will be global. Because some of you know people in Canada, some people you know people here, you know this country, so it will become global. All right? But we don't exploit these silent, deep things. In fact, somebody sent me a minister and looked at it I said, and I realized, the fastest growing church in the world is in Iran today. That's where Christians are getting converted the most but you don't know one great man of God from Iraq. Because if you become a great man of God, then you are dead. So they have to use what you call a silent, hidden structure to get it done. Without noise. Because noise will attract death. So they have to find a way of getting it done without making any noise. And then you go into the depth of God's wisdom to get that done. So let's assume... We do this. Now, so we say, everybody, I want to show something. Get 10 people that you know. Okay, let me just run through it quickly. All right, 10 people that you know. So you, now, first thing about spiritual things, don't just use your mind because it is possible. The fact that you have money to do something doesn't mean that you should do it. You have to learn the lesson of knowing that your only security is in the voice of God before God blesses you materially. So that material things do not become your security. That you, that, listen, when you don't have money to buy a house, you believe God. And then you follow the principles. When you have money, some people don't think, then they use money. So you spend time praying to God. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. I'm saying, God, who are the 10 people, who are the 10 people, who are the 10 people um, to connect to this meeting? The fact that your neighbor is next door doesn't mean that it's your neighbor. The fact that they put a sticker and say, I love conventions, doesn't mean it's them. Are you following what I'm saying here? You start praying, and what happens is that God now brings it out. Now, God can remind you of people from school that you knew. People 12, 15 years ago, and he shows you something in a flash, I say, ah, this is the person, and you write that person's name down. And then he begins to guide you, and you are praying, and then you go out. You just interact with somebody, and you see somebody, doing and God says, that person is the person you should invite. That person is the person you should invite. That person, now you have that. So, when you get the name, start praying. Now, this is what you now do. Once you get them, hold a conversation with them and what you have done for yourself, do it for them. Find out what are the needs in their own life before the meeting. Take it up to God in prayer and pray to God that the anointed in the house be sent to these people to address those needs. Once you have gotten a note of victory, then go and meet them. Say, listen, enter time to this meeting, I guarantee you, God will meet with you face to face, speak to you, and his power will meet you in this particular situation of your life if you come into it. Now, listen, by doing that, remember when Job prayed for his friends, his own captive was turned around. There is a law in scripture that the husbandman that laboreth must be the first partaker of the fruits. In other words, must be the partaker of the first fruits. So anybody who engages in spiritual labor like that, in order for benefit to come to the whole, must take the first fruits of that benefit. By doing that, you have entered into a covenant with God about the level of blessing that will come to you. I'm telling you how this thing works. And not coming on Invitation. They are coming alright based on a spiritual thing that has gone on in the background. Do you get what I'm saying? Don't just bring people and say, come on, just come on. Listen, you look, how do people go to meet witch doctors? It's problem. Anybody that goes to a witch doctor is a problem. It's not doctrine. The witch doctor doesn't teach anything. It's what? Problem. And let me tell you why people behave and they are so desperate that they will do anything. And you can use scripture to justify any behavior. That's why you see people rolling. They'll tell them that be rolling on the ground, just be rolling, and they'll be beating them. Be rolling. You'll get your miracle. They'll be flogging them. You say, how can people do this? Because you know what those kind of people tell them? Those false people. They'll tell them that, didn't Elisha tell uh, Naaman to dip himself in the pool seven times? Wasn't he stupid? That's a stupid thing to do now. too knew he was stupid. So I'm telling you, a miracle will come. Start rolling. It's not really. That's why you see people on social and say it's grass. They say, Can I eat grass? They say, but they told somebody to dip themselves seven times in the pool. You know what you know what dipped seven times in the pool now? It means that. It means that you are driving on express. Uh, I see somebody in the lagoon going in, coming out. Going in, coming out. I hope you have the proper picture. <laughs> and then the man is healed. If that happens, do you know how many people will be in the lagoon the next day? Everybody going in and coming out. All right, so let me close. So, the point is to find out what needs the person may have. Join her, all right, in prayer or enter into prayer that the answer to the situation will come to him or her at the conference. And that's the basis, which means there's now a spiritual relationship behind the invitation. It's not just a physical thing here, there's, some, there's, a, there's a spiritual contract that is there between you and God, all right, in bringing that person in. And if you do that, all right, and that's why to implement that, I mean, the rich becomes powerful. And it's not just the rich as in we head. Okay? Because, look, Babek is being watched globally. In fact, there are people that tell me about things that, let me listen, that they should not be saying because they are core people in ministries, high-ranking people in other ministries, who go and tweet that they are watching Wafbeck. And under normal circumstances, they shouldn't be tweeting like that, because you are sending a message. So sometimes I say, "Well, yeah, you, you have, have mind though. You are tweeting about something like this, so I know how far-reaching it is and the depth to which it goes." Where was I uh, recently? And uh, somewhere in the yeah, to go and preach for Bishop Tawadaleko. One chap, something. I said, I'm, I'm, "I'm the pastor," and then I said, "I don't miss Wathbeck. Everywhere I go, I see people in England, I do this, I don't, I, I was walking in, in Washington, on, going up the escalator in the airport, somebody was coming down the escalator, I said, I'm a pastor, I don't miss Wabek. I don't miss Wabek." in Washington, so I know how far it is, but now it's not just for people to hear, but there's a spiritual, do you get what I'm saying here? Okay. Then the final one, i brief here, is this, and this is important, all right, decide, and I'm going to say this, what you will give to God. Before the meeting. This is important. Let me show you the scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 16 and verse 16. And let me say something, all right, about giving here. Deuteronomy 16, 16. This is where we got the idea of conferences from, from the word of God. That's camp meetings and everything. This is the scripture that people interpreted. Three times a year shall your meals appear before the Lord in the place where he shall choose, the feast of the unleavened bread, feast of weeks, feast of tabernacles. And you shall not appear before the Lord what? empty. Now, if you think very well about that scripture, alright, every man shall give as he is able. I, I didn't want to say that. Thank you for putting that up. According to the blessing which God had given thee. So, as every man is according to his what? Ability. Now, but what he's saying is, he says, don't let them appear empty because if they appear empty, they will go empty. That's what that thing is telling you. Alright? Now, this word given is what giving is. I will just choose one day to give every Friday night. I will do the giving because God told me, "said look, when you are doing things like this, eh, don't let the offering be a casual thing. This is God's point. If God ministers to somebody to give, let's just say this, in a a, um, a meeting, 50,000 naira. That's what God told the person. The person gave 50,000 naira on the first time they passed the offering bucket. It would be a sin for the person to give anything in addition to that 50,000 naira if in the next session they pass a bucket again and just out of pressure and societal pressure he wants to give. For what God told you to give is 50,000 naira, give it, finish. So this passing for me every session passing the offering bucket I think trivializes the offering. You can't cut the gram into parts and be bringing it in parts. If he says this is what he wants, carry it and give it to God once and for what? All. All right, but every time we're passing offering back, it's like it's like you don't just you don't just do that. So it's a decision in God that you make, and you go up to God in prayer and you ask Him. Now, when the Bible says Jehovah Jireh, it doesn't mean God my provider as He will provide for your needs. That scripture means God shall provide Himself an offering. So what you do is that God, what is it as Jehovah Jireh, and He shows you. And make sure he ministers to you what to do, because he ministers to the sower. The Bible tells us in Second Corinthians nine, seven, it says, As every man has purposed in his heart, is this giving thing has been has been adulterated. That's why it has it says, according as every man has purposed in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly, not out of necessity. This is not whether the the conference has needs or not. That's not the issue. It says, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Now, when you give that way, there are seven things that guide a proper offering. There's just two of them. It has to be given, all right, or three, purposefully, all right, not out of any pressure. So once a minister starts bringing pressure, you are destroying the offering. All right, out, you are destroying what God wants to do. They give out of their heart willingly, and God loves a cheerful giver. Now, the next verse says, and God will cause all grace. Put the next verse. God is able to make all grace. That all grace is not just financial, every grace is tied up to this. That's the truth. I'm not teaching on this but If you look at it, he talked about the grace of diligence in this Second Corinthians book, grace of knowledge, grace of utterance. He said all grace. So, and you check the Bible. I tell people, tell me, ah, God, we just give out of love. God doesn't want us to expect anything. That is not biblical, it is not scriptural, and it's not spiritual. God did not say you shouldn't expect. He said your expectation should be from him. What he's telling you is you shouldn't expect from anybody that benefited from your help. That is witchcraft. Witchcraft is I help you, then I tie a string to that help. So I gave you something because I want to control your soul. I know you want that thing, you love that thing, and as you hold on to that thing, I have a string tied to that thing. So as I pull that thing, because of your love for that thing, you follow it. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, in the past, I didn't have any string on you. So I would say, what can I give to this person? So I gave the person, the person held it, and then I start pulling. But everywhere God says give, check the next verse. He will say, this is what is going to happen. He says, if you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord, and God will repay you. He says, give, hoping for nothing from the people, and your reward shall be great in heaven. He says, give, and it shall be given to you, press down, anywhere. He says, for this thing shall I bless the work of your hands. You shall check anywhere in Scripture. Any Scripture he tells you to give, he always comes back and does that. He himself, when he gave, he didn't just give like that. He gave so that. Corn of which, except he falls to the ground and dies, he abides alone. He said, I'm not just giving my son like that. Oh. We are giving for multiplication. So let God minister it into your heart. Because the grace, all right, in the meeting is tied up also to this. And pray and let him give you the exact thing he wants, no addition, no subtraction. This is it, and inside your own heart, all right, you decide that this is what we are going to do. All right. The the power you express on the outside is the quality of the spiritual sacrifices you offer up unto God. The power you express on the outside. I heard Lester Sumrall say this, and it's true. He said, if you look at the Hebrew 11, he says, God starts on faith. The first manifestation of faith is giving. He said then after giving of Abel, then he went to the lifestyle, your walk with God, and he talked about Enoch. Then he went to the walk, an assignment God will give to you. He talked about Noah, and then he said that is the build-up. Then he got to Abraham, which is possession. Many of us want to do possession without this, without fellowship with God, without assignments from God, which means in service, we just want to go for give me the land. All right? And so we are jumping the thing. He said that is the divine order of faith. And and I agree with what he said as being the truth. All right? So with these four things here, okay, get set. A, um, inside um, your 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 heart, all right, for an encounter, we are going to put out a schedule. We'll put out the schedule for for um, for the days. So every day, somebody will be taking um, prayers, maybe from nine to ten, or eight to nine, depending on the time. All right, to make intercessory prayer for the. Um, conference according to the days, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word. I ask by the power of your Spirit to establish this truth in our consciousness, cause it to bring forth fruit within our lives, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Let it be that Waffbeck uh, becomes a point of contact of your power and wisdom to us for transformation and for manifestation to answer prayers. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. amen. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.